radioinfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. Tis Wednesday. We have a little review to do, Frank, of uh, Monday's show real quick in the beginning because some things have happened since. And then a whole bunch of new things to talk about. Sweet. <laughs> so Monday we were talking about the whole trans issue, right? Mm-hmm. And this happened. Colorado police have stopped and arrested a transgender individual planning to commit a mass shooting at a Colorado Springs school. This is why I think this is so important for us to talk about, because like we said Monday, whereas in Black Lives Matter and in Antifa, whatever, those people had their beliefs, but they weren't literally crazy, whereas these people are and they're being weaponized to harm us under the guise of removing more of our God given rights, like the right to self-defense and other things. It's not just stopping at the two way. It's not. They got this one, thankfully, who admitted to everything that they were going to be doing, had manifestos and plans, had been planning for months, arrested. This will never hit legacy media on a broad scale because it would then cause everybody to be able to talk with one another about the things they already know, which are that people don't appreciate this and aren't fans of it and know what it's all about. I mean, the grand scale, the majority of people do. And on that vein, even though it's nowhere near as serious, this Bud Light boycott is seriously hurting Bud Light's bottom line. Hopefully they'll learn from it. I don't know if they will, but it brought me to this. You were a Howard Stern fan back in the day? Yes. Listen to this. He said, fuck you, Budweiser. And Bud Light and fuck Anheuser-Busch is what he said. Yeah. And I went... And then this guy, Travis Tritt, who I guess is a fucking country guy. I don't even know him. I know the name, but I don't know his songs. But he lost his shit over the beer can, too. I I thought, well, there must be a piece of this story that I'm missing. And I don't know why I'm not bothered by gay people or transsexual people. I don't really, I don't, they don't impact my life. They don't hurt my life. I love when people are in love. You want to be a woman, be a woman. You want to be a dude, be a dude. Be whatever you fucking want. As long as you ain't hurting anybody, I'm on your team. I mean, I wish I could call Kid Rock and have him come on the show and just tell me, what is it, why are you so upset about this? Like, how is it hurtful? Of course it would be dumbfounding to a a circus sideshow leader. I mean, he has has made... He has made a living on exploiting um, mentally incapacitated people his entire life. So, of course, it's dumbfounded to somebody like him to not be able to you know, put two and two together, nor could he do that in a politically feasible way. He is now so deeply embedded in the liberal orthodoxy that there's no way that he can... He can even make sense. Of the, I, I, Man I don't didn't even leave his... On. He didn't leave his house for like three two and a half, three years because he was so scared of COVID. He was one of the people out there saying like everybody should be mandatory. Mandatory, you you get vaccinated. If, like the things that he had, this guy has turned into, every, he turned, like I said on the pre-show, he's turned into the guy that fired him 
back when he first started. He's he's a he's a goofy freak. I don't even know why he still has a show. Does anyone oh, listen to Howard Stern give... anymore? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's just on Sirius, and um, and I I know that there's just a lot of it, it's pretty much part of people's retirement plans. He's got millions of people who still listen, although not tens of millions, just a couple. Um, and it's just people who are on Sirius XM for him, and uh, and that's it. They're all in their they're all in their forties, fifties, and sixties now, and older. And um, it, it, I don't know. I, it, the only way that he gets noticed is when he says things like this, and the media picks it up and shares a couple of clips. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody that's listened to an entire show. Well, I know a couple, but uh, it's not like it was. And he's a freak. The freak. These are these are these are addicts. The worst types of addicts. We were talking about it last night on my show, autogynephilia, which is uh, what we're talking about now. It's not a it, it it's an addiction more than it is some sort of an identity phenomenon. So it's um, I don't know. He can be as dumbfounded as he wants, but people are going to continue to get maimed by this, and it's not going to do anybody any good. It's not about love. I hate that. Love is love. What? What are you talking about? And who's even talking about gay people? Nobody. They, they lump them. That's the thing. Gay people are pissed about this. Real gay people are. Real people who are like, just like, let me live my life. I'm not going to flaunt this in your face everywhere I go. Are like, this is destroying everything that like we ever wanted. <laughs> I've been saying it for years. So you, uh, you know, my, for my friends and family, you got to lop yourself off from the tea. You gotta, or else, you know, I know you got, you got, you got problems one way or another. But well, this is going to one of the things in here that I, I was reading that, that that I thought was funny was that, you know, Modelo is obviously a beer that people really like. Modelo is everybody's drinking Modelo now and they're still owned by Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> like <laughs> everyone else in the world. So it's like competition, Modelo. Not really. Not really competition. Oh, I didn't know the Modelo is Anheuser-Busch. It's it's Anheuser-Busch. And like there's like a subsidiary here in the states for it it's it's hard to it's it's confusing but it's anheuser-busch everywhere else so yeah um moving right along yesterday interesting column from roger stone is trump kennedy the dream ticket for 2024 what do you think uh you mean as opponents no as trump president and bobby kennedy vice president hey i i would i would that would be a no-brainer for me. In what way? In I would I would I would vote for them. They, if, let me always preface my faith in anything coming from this election is shattered, but I would definitely vote for them. So Stone lays it out here in the Substack that went kind of viral, actually, um, and he says a whole bunch of stuff. You know, they were good friends prior to the uh, presidency. Um, it has been reported that Trump, who shared Kennedy's concerns regarding the link between vaccinations and autism, had promised RFK the appointment of a balanced blue ribbon commission to study and report to the president on the safety and effectiveness of vaccinations, which never happened. Right. Never happened. Pfizer gave like a million dollars to the inaugural committee. And then all of a sudden, poof, RFK doesn't have a job. Um, whatever it is, what it is would have been amazing. But there are a lot of things that RFK is not anywhere near Republican on. Although he's anti big government, quote, sort of. 
Um, he does it. He's anti two A guys. I mean, like super anti two A. So we should do a little research first. But I do have a couple clips after we play the Good Doctor on Tim Pool. The Good Doctor was on Tim Pool yesterday, and he reminded me why I always loved this man. Nothing's changed. The vocal effect is the same. The it's just he's one coup, and it's been you know there's been a coup. The take a, we don't have any resemblance uh, to a government that believes in a republic. We don't have honest money. We don't have integrity. We don't even have people in Washington that even pretends, you know, that you're supposed to tell the truth. You know, remember just recently there was a congressperson that won, and he he won by putting on his resume just a bunch of lies. <laughs> and 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 the, the other ones got hysterical. The other congressman is telling lies like this, and I got. To thinking, well, how many of these people that were complaining about this guy telling lies, how many of them lied when they raised their hand up and swore to uphold the Constitution? Now, that's a lie that really has consequences. Actually, you could probably uh, make fun and make a little joke because his jokes weren't, everybody knew he was fibbing, but uh, the real lies are, are being told, and, and that is our big problem. But I do believe there has been a coup, and it's been taken over, and if I want to, if I can, I want I just put the date in my mind and you anybody could pick probably any date in the last hundred years. But I have picked uh, I have picked November 22nd, 1963. What happened on that day? That was the day Kennedy was murdered by our government. Wow. You know, by the CIA. Thanks, Ron. (laughs) Tell the kids, Ron. Tell the kids. Tell all the kids. I love Ron Paul. I will always love Ron Paul. He has never wavered. Man never wavered. Never wavered. So he went. He went over to Tim Pool's show last night. It or looks, something? looks that way. Yeah, came out twelve wow. hours ago. But well, here, well, well. here's RFK at Hillsdale College of all the places in the world. It... This this one got me. There's a whole litany of clips from the speech he gave, but this one got me right here. Listen, a scientist, associate scientist at Yale, a sociologist called uh, Stanley Milgram, who was a um, who was part of the MK Ultra program. And he, was, he conducted this experiment where he, he, he recruited subjects from every walk of American life. They were students, they were professors, they were business people, they were blacks, whites, everybody from the New Haven area. And he would put the subject in a chair at a table where there was a dial in front of them that they could administer an electric shock to a person who was tied in the chair in the next room, who they told was tied in a chair, but he was actually a confederate of Milgram's. He was an actor. And when they turned this dial up and administered this supposed electric shock, they could hear the man in the other room screaming, shouting, begging, struggling, pleading with them, crying. And the, the, but, and the most of the people who were participating in this experiment begged to stop. They, they, a lot of them were crying and telling the doctor, the doctor was standing behind them saying, turn it up, turn it down, turn it higher, turn it down, turn it even higher, turn it down. And 67% of them turned it up to 250 volts where it was marked potentially fatal. 67%. And you can go on Wikipedia and look this up. It's true. The Milgram experiment. So... But 33% of the people got up and walked out. 
And what Milgram said, that if you, for 67% of the people, if you have an authority figure that has some imprimatur of legitimacy, like a doctor's title, that 67% of people will take his orders, even if it means violating their most sacred values. They'll go against everything they believe in. And to me, it occurred to me many times during that 2020, that we were all involved in this huge Milgram experiment and that Anthony Fauci was, you know, Dr. Milgram telling us you can violate the Constitution, you can censor speech, you can close churches, you can shut businesses, you can ban jury trials, and you can, you know, tell people what they can and can't do, and you can gaslight them and marginalize them and vilify them, and, and you know, the, no cruelty is too great for somebody who disobeys. And what I would say to you, is that 33% of the people walked out and the people in this room are the 33% who wouldn't be told what to do. And, you know, what our job is now is to fight for the 67% till they wake up and till they're able to fight for themselves to restore the freedoms that all of us believe in. And it can't argue with that. Sorry. Yep. The whole constitution constitution doesn't get us out of this anymore. The whole thing it yesterday, Frank was great RFK on how the CIA use simulations and mind control experiments to learn how to control populations. It's true. People call it a conspiracy theory. It's true. You can find it in the CIA reading room on FOIA. Our His father was killed by uh, a brainwashed man. His, His father? father was killed. Yeah, Sirhan. Sirhan wasn't even the shooter. He was a he was a he was a, a MK Ultra patsy. And to this day, he and his lawyers maintain that he did not he did not shoot RFK. Unbelievable. Fauci became the bioweapons czar. In 2001, he was personally given a 68% raise from the military. That's why he was the highest paid individual in the federal government. The thing the military wanted was gain-of-function studies. Um, the, the CIA's first pandemic simulation in 2001 and how the Patriot Act was passed, he talked about that. The origins of bioweapons program with Operation Paperclip. I mean, the speech is just, it's just truth bomb after truth bomb. And honestly, it's, it's all true. Everything he's saying is true. And the fact that he's speaking at Hillsdale College and saying it when just think about the positive developments, guys. Five years ago, this never would have been possible. Like people would have crucified him for doing this. We are experiencing losses, yes, but we're also experiencing wins. And I guess if you extrapolate out, the people listening and watching the show are also part of the 33%, aren't they? Yes. Yes, they are. So we're gonna keep on politics for a minute. We're going to go into Carrie Lake now. What's going on with her? Wednesday of last week, her attorneys filed another filing at the Supreme Court in Arizona, which we'll talk about in a second. But this is sort of the Trump-DeSantis camp battle that's going on right now. I don't know who this person is. 
I don't know them at all. So this isn't necessarily an attack on this person, even though I got into a little spat on socials with them. But he said, if you want to run for president and address the problems of the American people, you have to prostrate yourself before Carrie Lake because she thinks, quote, America first means me first. And what he's referencing is her speech in Iowa the other day where she was saying, if people don't believe in election fraud, if they won't talk about election integrity first, if they avoid the question, if they say, for example, that my governor's race was honest, you have to really sit back and question what their motives are. And so Pedro took issue with that. She, Carrie Lake said, ask them. If they don't ask them, a big red flag, if, you, if they don't answer the right way, a big red flag should go off for you. If they think that our elections are fair, a big red flag should go off for you in terms of whether or not you vote for that person or consider voting for that person. I don't know who can disagree with that, who is an honest person, but Pedro is a DeSantis guy, so he's attacking Trump people in order to make DeSantis seem better. And I have issue with attacking anybody not using facts and data because I said, you can say whatever you want, but the Lake race for governor was was stolen. It was taken. Like clear as there is no doubt it is unquestionable. The evidence has been presented. If you're unaware of the evidence, you're either misinformed, a liar, or both. It, it, it's, it's that. And it's, and it's so much worse than that because you're talking about a woman who never had a less than like a five or six point lead. I, I mean, so it's, it's just impossible because there's no, there's no demand for the, the, the woman who is currently serving as, as governor. There's, there's no demand for her ever. Some of the arguments out here some of the arguments out here were, well, she said she didn't need McCain voters, so we didn't vote for her. So you're Democrats. You're Democrats then. You voted in Katie Hobbs and Adrian Fontes, a radical leftist, to be your secretary of state because you didn't like that Carrie Lake said that the, she didn't appreciate McCain voters? Then you're you're an idiot. And you know what like, else is really idiotic? For anybody to be, um, uh, to be making decisions based on who they're going to vote for because you once had allegiances to John McCain however many years ago. The guy's been dead for like six years, seven years now. Yeah, it's a very big group of rhinos in Arizona that are still like McCain acolytes. Like they're still in that neoconservative weirdo aspect. Bomb the world. Right, like Lindsey Graham, basically. But... He's saying there's fraud in every election. That's the thing. There's fraud in every election. You know what? I'm sorry, but I'm not I'm not doing that anymore. Oh yeah, there's fraud every No. Not when uh I think it was Rasmussen that had a poll that they did in Arizona. I think it was something like 7 or 6, six or 7 or 8 even points that she won by by polling. Like that's what Rich Barris did, but he takes this little um other race that was won in Arizona and says, well, then how come this person was able to win their election? Well, why did the agriculture director or whatever get more votes than, you know, it's just stupid. You can't take a time. Why would they steal the governorship and the secretary of state? Because then they control the electoral college votes for whoever is the nominee, whether it's DeSantis or Trump. It doesn't matter. And then and they can also be a brick wall for any kind of legislation that's passed as far as, you know, the, uh, how voting is conducted in the state. 
they're the that's it why is it important it's important because now they control Arizona's electoral college votes that's why Pedro that's why okay that's why they're stealing the governor's race in Arizona and I have this to say and I know like some people are going to get upset about this but it is what it is people on both of these sides that are going so hard I've seen Trump um supporters that are like I guess uh, influencers for Donald Trump now using photoshopped pictures to make some slam against DeSantis. And then I've seen DeSantis people who are in the tank for DeSantis using, um, you know, other sorts of misleading information to try and slam Trump. And you're, you're all cutting off your noses to spite your face with that bullshit because you just assume that we are too stupid to understand that you're lying to us. And there is a big swath of voter who's in the middle, who doesn't find any of this entertaining, who doesn't think it's a big W, who doesn't find Photoshop pictures of somebody with with bruised knees, you know, like they try to insinuate somebody was giving um, oral sex to someone else because they had their knees bruised, but it was a Photoshop. It's just stupid. It's stupid. It, it It's lowering yourself. Like, why? Find some good damn oppo research and use it. But stop with this petty bull. It's dumb. It's dumb. It's like, I have to mute people because I'm tired of he- I'm tired of seeing it everywhere. It's everywhere. And we're fighting against each other now so early. I mean, it's so early. It's not even May. And, and meanwhile, the country's burning down around us. I, I don't see a fraction of the energy being spent on tearing down other Republicans that until recently we thought were great being spent on tearing down what the hell the uh, the quasi-Biden administration is doing to this country right now. We don't even have enough ammunition to fight a war against China that we're allowing to have. <laughs> Guys, prioritize right now. Primaries are primaries. We're not even there yet. It's, it's April, for goodness sakes. But anyway, anything to say on that, Frank? Infighting? Uh, well, I... I... I don't know what you're talking about with knees and all that stuff, but I, I know I know that the general, the, the general, uh, the general thing is, it that's just par for the course now. So I that's why I, I I'm almost thankful that I don't care about I, I practically don't care about candidates anymore, and um, and because it's just I don't know I, I just I just don't really know it's it's disconcerting. And I hate, uh, I hate, I hate fighting and bickering, especially with people who are, you'd think that you'd be able to share a beer with somewhere. And uh, that's the thing. And give me some substance. Give me something. Like we talked about the whole endorsement thing, Soros endorsing DeSantis, which that was used as, just give me something to, I am a balls and strikes person. I don't want to see bullshit. I have so many curses in Monday's show and today. There are so many curses, Frank. Well, you know, when it comes to something like Soros and San- uh, Soros and, and DeSantis, I, I never saw it as an endorsement uh, more than I saw it as a guy who obviously wants there to be a confrontation between DeSantis and Trump, would lo- loves to see it, doesn't like, I mean, has been out there, been vocally working against Trump and the rest of America for as long as Trump has been uh, uh declared a candidate in 2015 and many many years before that making investments and destroying us so i it, it, to me it didn't even i didn't even there's 
not even weaponized. That's the thing. It was weaponized and misrepresented. And that's the thing that bothers me about it. Like, I am sure, and I haven't started doing it yet because nobody's announced, right? So DeSantis, I guess, is polling at like 20% underneath Trump, who's at like 50 or something. And so I don't even understand why the hubbub, right? Why the big hubbub? The guy's not even, <laughs> like, he's not even polling anywhere close if we go by what's coming out in the polls now, right? So why spend all this energy on someone who hasn't even announced they're running yet and who's polling so far below, like, and who constantly, it's always Trump saying, there's no way he'll ever win. Then stop talking about him for a little. What's the, why spend so much energy? I don't get it. it it's- I, 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 well, if I'm, if I'm going to delve into that, like actually get into it, uh, I, I would say that it was probably more so people um, were, concerned with how much money was coming in for the purpose of going and running against Donald Trump who um who had had such a big hand in making DeSantis so I think that uh people see it as a betrayal and in, in I, I can see how they would th- think that yeah DeSantis but, never would have won his election the first go around if Trump didn't help there's no right way. and, no and, way. and the fact that he's being so coy you know, as I said in the past, it takes less than two minutes to say, hey, I see what's going on in the media right now. I have no intention of running. I have a job to do here in, in uh, Florida. Maybe we can talk about 2028 or whatever the hell it is. And uh, and I wish nothing but the best to President Trump and get on with your with your job. Down or maybe there. he's because- considering running. <laughs> <laughs> why is that bad? Like, I, I get it why everybody gets so upset. Oh, it's, it's a, you know, it's a loyalty thing. That's not how American politics works. Like, if somebody says, I think I could do a good job doing it's, this. It's also a stupid decision. Well, I mean, just, he, he ran for governor, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where he's best suited right now. It's a stupid decision. It makes you wonder how much malice is behind it, especially since uh, it's just ridiculous it's just ridiculous to go out and and to try to uh, to try to create this kind of friction because then it also poisons the the, the base that may be considering you in 2028. Thinking, it, as well, we sit here right now today, yeah, Ron DeSantis does not win, right? So and he's not going to does not win. So then it's like okay, fine. Like the whole thing is just it's here's what bothers me the most about it. It's April. We're supposed to have a few more months of peace in politics on our side before we get into primary season. But Donald Trump announced before the midterms were over. So we had gotten zero peace. (laughs) We're supposed to have a breather after midterms. It's supposed to be like, okay, let's get some policy on the table. Let's actually do something. Which, by the way, I'm getting more and more frustrated by the day. Trump endorsed McCarthy. Where the F is the J6 footage? Why are they spending so much time in vet? I get, I get that they have to do this, I guess, and investigate Bragg. There's a subpoena fight going on right now. But the entire DOJ is weaponized against the everyday American person at this point. Did you guys see? Did you see, Frank? Remember Kyle broke for us the Catholics being targeted in the Latin mass story? Yep. From that yeah. story has been a whirlwind. Christopher Ray is under subpoena because of that story right now. Okay. Why are we not seeing more reform of the FBI and less targeting of state pro- state D- or county DAs or whatever? Like 
why haven't we seen the the 80,000 hours of J6 footage besides the QAnon shaman guy being led around like he's on a tour? What about all the people that are rotting in jail right now? What about the fact that they just found another 40 informants in the Proud Boys? Like, guys, where is Kevin McCarthy on all of this? And where's Jim Jordan, frankly? I'm sorry. So, I know it's... uh. A lot of questions. It's a lot. It really it's is. It's a lot of questions. It's like, you know, I'm frustrated. I'm really, I'm frustrated with the lack of action. And they reinstated that dude in freaking Tennessee, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, he got his resurrection. So, and he's leading marches of thousands of people through the streets of freaking Nashville. He led a march. He led a march back to the Capitol for his reinstatement. He's at, he's at the front of a line of, a, of, of yet another... Uh, group of chanting idiots and being interviewed live by MSNBC as he's walking. Unbelievable. And we're yeah. we're sitting here arguing with each other over photoshopped pictures of people instead of organizing to, to do what we need to do. You know, the people have a lot of power outside of the, the representatives they elect. We really do. Look at you. Look at freaking Budweiser. You think we don't have a lot of power? We just need to get up off our asses and prioritize and stop fighting with each other. I know that. Yeah, but have you have you looked into what what's going on corporate? You know, like with Larry Fink and BlackRock, like what's going on into why corporate America is uh, is jumping into the progressive uh, the the progressive orthodoxy pool and and really not being affected by the whole uh, woke boycotting. It's it's really something incredible. Like I, I understand that the individual distributors may get hurt uh, and are getting hurt with carrying uh, Anheuser Busch products and certain certain uh, places, but they're they're being floated by multi-trillionaire hedge fund operations. It's uh, that, that they call BlackRock the the uh, the fourth wing of government. That's how big this thing is. So it's like you were talking about organizing. Aren't there some states that have basically banned BlackRock? I know Florida has. I know. Oh, I'm not supposed to say that. I'm sorry. (laughs) Florida has. South Carolina has banned a lot of BlackRock investment, too. There are states that are basically cutting them out because they're realizing what's going on. Well, perhaps perhaps they're they're stopping them from from picking up real estate or something like that. But as far as uh, keeping the corporate world afloat and pretty much acting as a de facto central bank that's uh that's something that goes far beyond gobbling up farmland you know bill gates is doing stuff like that uh too there's there's a lot of people doing that foreign actors buying up stuff so it's um yeah there's 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 a reason why i don't know organizing to to steamroll over a couple of dozen cases of beer is is really not going to do much I mean, if yeah, people's sentiments are always going to go sour, but they don't really care about our, our, um, our what you call our consent anymore. I'm telling you, we're getting to a point where elections are not going to matter at all. That this is just a tradition that they give us. I'm sorry to be so pessimistic for you, Tracy, but I don't. This is why this is why I I lean very heavily on humor because I, I don't really see very many good outcomes coming. That's okay. Um, I I tend to err on the side of like even you know even if that's the case, we still have to 
fight. I have plenty of ideas. I'm I'm excited to implement. No doubt. Oh, oh, we can't we can't roll over. I mean, we we have to prioritize a little bit more uh, fine focused rather than broad focused. I believe the there's broad... ways. The people have a lot of power. We really do. Um, there's ways, and I agree with you though. I mean, you can't deny the truth. It, it is what it is. It is what it is. So. Um, Quickly back to the Carrie Lake case, the only election integrity case that's ever made it this far. Just saying, you want to sh crap all over somebody, that's not the person to crap all over. And people get confused. You know, it's funny, like I'm accused on, on Twitter all the time of being in the camp for DeSantis. And then I say things like this and people are like, I thought you were a DeSantis person. I've never said a word in support of DeSantis for president, never. I'm just fair and honest. And I lay it out the way it is. Like that doesn't mean that I'm on one side or the other. And a lot of things that Trump has done have pissed me off. Personally, I've experienced things that I can't just look away from. Personally. So, and it's, it's a broader issue. So it's, 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 it's a problem for me. Like, for example, the endorsement of Drew McKissick in South Carolina, who's gone on to be Rona's right hand. Drew McKissick, in my opinion, is one of the worst people. How do you go and stand up on a stage with him and, 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 he tried, you know, he didn't like the fact that we took over the GOP in certain counties in South Carolina, Frank. Drew McKissick mm -hmm. is the chair of the GOP in South Carolina and now the vice chair of National. And instead of supporting those of us who did that with MAGA, America First principles that came in and wanted election integrity and election reform and, you know, all the things that we all talk about all the time, instead of supporting those of us who did that, he went up and stood on stage with Lindsey Graham and Drew McKissick and said, hey, friends of mine, let me put my arms around you. And basically crapped all over the activists that had done what he had said. We have to change the Republican Party. Okay, let's do it. We're all going to go in there. Rah, rah, rah. I can't. That's not something that if you've experienced it yourself, you can just be like, oh, just he had to do that to keep his enemies closer. No, no, I can't do it. I'm sorry. Anyway. Hmm. Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake filed a brief in the Arizona Supreme Court. What I learned in this brief, so they asked for sanctions against her. That's their way of trying to make it so nobody brings election integrity lawsuits anymore because they're fined for doing it. Like, you need to pay this uh, exorbitant fine to us for making us spend money on attorneys for this frivolous thing that you brought. She asked for, they asked the judges to give sanctions against Carrie Lake for bringing up the 35,600 or 526 vote discrepancy at Rumbeck. It's election changing, right? They mm -hmm. had been talking about this the whole time. But what I didn't know is, so votes come from the drop boxes and stuff and they go to the MCTEC, which is the counting center. And at MCTEC, the law says that you're supposed to count every one of those envelopes and document it on a form. So you know how many you got. Well, Maricopa County admitted they didn't do that. They didn't count them. They estimated how many that there were there just in because they didn't have enough time because they were so overwhelmed. So where's chain of custody if that's the, the case then? Where's Estimation. Yeah. I mean, I think there's 20,000 votes here. We'll send them off to run back. Who knows what happens between now and then? We don't know how many there are. We don't know how many there are. So there's that. Then I love, them. I love how precise we are. Yeah. How, how much we care about precision. It's it's insane. And they did this in the 2020 election also, like it, it, all over the place, which is why we don't have Trump for a second term, which is the whole problem. And he should have been president the whole second term. Now he should be president. That's the thing that pisses me off. But anyway, 
Um, so, so then Runbeck gets them. Runbeck, for some reason, doesn't have a hard time following procedure and writes down the number they have. The claim that Carrie Lake made in her lawsuit came from defense exhibits. So Katie Hobbs put in exhibits, look, we had chain to custody. Here's our forms. Well, the forms that, that they filled out at McTech and the forms that were filled out at Runbeck when they were sending back everything were off. McTech said that there were 35,564 less votes than Runbeck did. So Carrie Lake's entire claim about the 35,000 votes comes from the defense's own evidence, Katie Hobbs' own evidence. So what is it? You do, you do your job right or you don't. Your forms are off by 35,000 votes. How are you going to argue that? The paper's right here. It was mind-blowing to me. I had no idea they came up with that number from using their own defense evidence. Hmm. I had no idea. To me, that's exciting. You know, you brought something else up there, too, uh, that Donald Trump should be in in the, uh, the the middle of his second term right now. It actually wouldn't be the middle. It would it would almost be over. And, and now I know that it would have been really great. I mean, you think about all the things that would have been prevented just if he were uh, allowed to have uh, reality be expressed in the election results. And then, of course, the inauguration, because there wouldn't be people trapped in jail. There wouldn't be any, re you know, th things like that. So I understand that. But on the other hand, you know, if, if he were to have won, 2023 would have this time in 2023 and 2024 would would feel a lot weirder because the, the the party would almost be over yeah and you know so there's almost there's well, almost we'd this be, uh, we'd have a thriving economy and we would be um dominant in the world and china wouldn't be circling taiwan with warships and russia and china wouldn't be marching down the aisle together um, in some ceremony and Ukraine wouldn't have been invaded by Russia and we wouldn't have all of our money and things that money that doesn't even exist being poured into the devil's playground over there while we starve at home. There was a John Stewart clip I had to play today. I don't know if you saw it. There's so much. Did you see John Stewart uh, going after the Pentagon chick? What's her name? I also wanted to play an Elon Musk clip too. So much to do today. What time is it? 9.10. I had a, here, wait. I had a Jon Stewart clip for everybody, to play for everybody today. That's really good. Hold on. Let me find it. Um, Jon Stewart Pentagon. He's doing an interview for C-SPAN. Here it is. Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks He's, in, he's interviewing. That's not the one I want. I want a three-minute one. They're all six minutes. I want the three-minute one. All right. I'll just play this, and we'll, we'll hear the beginning of it. Um, it's amazing. Let's listen to this. It's, it's pretty amazing what he does to her um, in a, in, about the defense budget, which is because we're on this Ukraine thing I'll, I'll talk about here. Of, of somebody within a department of that size and scope. I do, think do you feel that, you, I that think it's, that it's somewhat I think unfair. you have an, a particular thing you really want to talk about and you're asking me other questions, but I don't think it's unfair to ask me about the audit. It's absolutely the case that the United right. States military should be able to pass an audit, and we've got to be on that pathway to get there. But don't you think that that does speak to the larger point that we're trying to get at, which is good journalism 
uncovers corruption. And okay, that, I mean, good journalism doesn't cover corruption, yeah. but I'm not sure these two things are linked. An audit oh, is not. Oh, but they are. Okay, so you need to explain to me. Do you understand what an audit does and the degree to which it is linked to the question that you're asking? I believe so. Okay, go ahead. Give me your explanation. Uh, no, I, I, I don't mind learning. So <laughs> She's so fidgety and so squirmy and so shrill. She's going to... Look, the next part of this is so insane to me. The way she tries to make him feel stupid and he turns it around on her. Here. What, what I would <laughs> suggest is that uh, the audit that they have in, in the military doesn't really look at um, whether or not there's efficacy, it's just whether they got delivered the thing that they ordered. And they that is that is any audit. That is any audit. That is true. But generally, those audits aren't four hundred billion dollars for Raytheon and one point seven trillion dollars for a plane that doesn't seem to be doing. Like there is a lot of waste, fraud, and abuse within a system. Audits and waste, is. fraud, and abuse are not the same thing. So let's uh, decompose these things. Please educate for a me on, on sure. What so the, an audit is exactly what you just described, yes. which is: Do I know what was delivered to which place? Right. The ability to pass an audit, or in a, the fact that the DoD has not passed an audit, is not suggestive of waste, fraud, and abuse. That is completely false, right there. Wow. So. So what is now it it's a question of? of it's suggestive that we can't we don't have an accurate inventory that we can pull up of what we have where. <laughs> oh, right. that is not the same as saying we can't do that because waste, fraud and abuse has occurred. Uh, OK, waste. Let's just talk about waste a little bit. How about we do that? Pea brain. How about we talk about waste just a little bit and then we can get on to whether or not determining whether or not the waste had anything to do with fraud or other abuses. Because apparently the money that's being spent is not producing the results it was intended to do. And therefore we want to know why it was wasted. Like, for example, maybe maybe it's as simple as the U.S. government needs a good inventory um. system and people oh. to actually follow it. Maybe it's that simple and everything was delivered. Or maybe things were wasted, they were stolen, they dropped off the back of a truck. We're talking trillions of dollars and the American people wanna know where the hell it's going and this idiot is sitting up there on stage basically, no, 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 no. You don't even know what an audit is. You don't even know. Here, there's a little more I wanna play because it, it gets- So pathetic. Yeah. She, she's so pathetic. It, and she's running things. This is the thing. So in my world, yeah, that's waste. How is that waste? If I give you a billion dollars and you can't tell me what happened to it, that to me is wasteful. That that means you well, are not responsible. <laughs> but if you can't tell me where it went, then what am I supposed to think? And when there has been reporting, I mean, this is not like I'm not I'm not saying this is on you and that you caused this. But I think it's it's a tough argument to I'm make sure that. I'm pretty sure it didn't cause it. I'm pretty sure it wasn't me. An $850 well, billion dollar budget to an organization that can't pass an audit and tell you where that money went, like, I think most people would consider that somewhere in the realm of waste, fraud, or abuse because they would wonder why that money isn't well accounted for. And especially when they see 
food insecurity on military bases. Here we go. And they see... Do you want to talk about that? Because that's a good... We should be talking... I mean, well, I'm trying all, to understand is, where, where, where you're trying to go other than the dollars, which really well, bothers you. Need to you. shut I your yappy mouth. Really bother me. That's I think it's all connected. Shut up. Okay. I think tell when me, I Tell look, me that story. Tell, tell me how you're thinking well, about that. Well, shut when your see, yappy mouth. She's terrible. Just terrible. And she... Uh, a State Department get... Uh, a certain amount of money and a military budget be 10 times that. And I see a struggle within government to get people like more basic services. And then that uh, department that got that, I mean, we got out of 20 years of war and the Pentagon got a $50 billion raise. Like that's shocking to me. Now I may not understand exactly the ins and outs and, yeah. and the incredible uh, magic of an audit, <laughs> but I'm a human being who lives on the earth and can't figure out how $850 billion to a department means that the rank and file still have to be on food stamps. Like, to me, that's fucking corruption. I'm sorry. And if, like, if that blows your mind, and if you think, like, that's, like, a crazy agenda for me to have, I really think that that's institutional thinking and that it's not looking at the day-to-day -day reality of the people that you call the greatest fighting force in the world. So I just, again, I get back to this idea of like, I'm not looking to pick a fight with you, but I am surprised at that the reaction to these questions are, you don't know what an audit is, bucko. Like, that's just <laughs> weird to me. Okay. That's all we need to hear. We have met the military, the men and women fighting these pointless wars for our country on food stamps, unable to pay bills, committing suicide at rates that we've never seen before. And this woman's sitting up on stage laughing at Jon Stewart that he doesn't apparently know what an audit is. Like, look at the look on her face right here. That's enough to... The, the, just... Yeah. Terrible. I know. But that was it a really... Is, a really good it question. is the worst thing you can imagine. The worst thing you can imagine. Hey, I had this on the, the pike for Monday, but we didn't get to it. Texas may launch its own gold-backed digital currency. Where basically people would buy tokens, they would take physical gold and hold it in an escrow in Texas for the people that bought the tokens. And then you would have a crypto, a gold-backed crypto. Well, that's interesting. Uh, again, it's one thing to have a, for example, like with, with my, my gold and silver partners, uh, and a lot of people do this, you have gold-backed IRAs, which are really well, just, you have, you own physical the gold. One of them sponsors the show. that? One of them sponsors the show. So, yeah. You have Who does? Patriot Gold. Oh, 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 yeah. Okay, well, I have somebody else. Yeah, it, I know. But it, but it, but what I'm saying is, they'll a lot of people will set um, gold. Uh, you'll have you'll own physical gold. It'll be yours, mm -hmm. but it'll just be in a in a location somewhere else, and and that'll be it. I have not heard of anybody digitizing that, turning into digital IOUs yet. As long as as long as the gold is yours, at the end, and they're holding it in escrow or something like that and they're giving you access to some kind of a digital token that can be used elsewhere then fine but i, I would not want i would not want to own digital tokens 
that are just backed by gold somewhere else that's not mine physically. It's, I still wouldn't want that. No, me neither. It says the state of Texas would hold gold backing the currency in trust on behalf of the digital currency holders. Quote, the trustee shall maintain enough gold to provide for the redemption and gold of all units of the digital currency that have been issued and are not yet redeemed for money or gold. In practice, individuals would be able to purchase digital currency from the state. The state would then use the money to purchase gold that would be held in the Texas Bullion Depository or another secure vault. Individuals would be able to redeem their digital currency for dollars or gold. I think people should, you know, um, yeah, well, I, I guess... That, that's interesting that, that somebody's trying to, I, I guess, answer the question about what the intrinsic value of or what's really backing crypto is, because a lot of people who are skeptical about it, they have these questions. So I, I appreciate that much. But if you're going to get into precious metals, then you should also look into setting yourself up a nice, reliable safe and stacking on your own. Um that that's just never what hurts. i think never hurts i mean you know it depends on how much you're buying but it never hurts to have it in your your own possession because like my whole thing goes back to what well, how do i trust that these people actually physically have my gold exactly they're not just saying it and then when i want it they're like oh sorry like the bank we don't they don't have the deposits you go there and try and take your money out and they're like you have to make an appointment and come back <laughs> yeah we're still mining the gold we know so, it's out there somewhere we just haven't dug it up yet um, a couple of more lighthearted things to end off today, if we will. Did you see this snowboarder rescue in, in, this happened like last week. This is insane to me. Citizen Free Press had this. It's got 17 million views. It's four minutes long. But this dude is, is skiing down the oh, mountain. Shit. He finds right? a snowboarder who has been covered in snow, just covered in it. Face first. He ends up digging him out. He digs out this guy from this this bank. You can see the snowboard is up here. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the delay to hit me. Okay, the snowboard is up at the top, and um, he pulls on it a little bit. The guy's face first in the snow. Obviously, thinks he's gonna die. This skier digs him out. He has a little shovel on him because they're both professionals, and digs him out. And uh, now they're friends and drinking beers together and talking about like you know how, how long has he been there. Um, quite a while, quite a while. Oh my gosh. It's, it's just here. Like I'm getting claustrophobic right now. I know. I know. It's a crazy clip. I'll put it in the show notes. People can watch it, um, on their own, but he's fine. He made, he made it out. He's okay. And, uh, there's that. And then I have, oh, let's listen to Elon Musk destroy a reporter on a space. Do you want to? I, I saw I saw a clip of this last night. I, I you know I, I I saw that there was like three million people listening to this space last night at the height of it, or something. Oh, was there? There was. I saw the number. The number was. Well, Twitter hosted it. So right, it, it, it had peaked over three million listeners between BBC and Elon Musk, and I didn't spend more than a minute on. Um, I I wanted to go play video games. Well, here's but, uh, here's some here's some of it. Here's some of it. Up in Saks that used to be in content moderation. And then we've spoken to people very recently who were involved in moderation. And they just say, they just, there's not enough people to police this stuff, particularly around um, particularly around hate speech um, in the company. Do, is that well, something that you want to address? Talking about? I mean, you use Twitter. Right. I'm just going to tell everybody, 
Elon is broadcasting a an interview he's doing with the BBC on a Twitter space as he's doing it. So you're only going to see his speaker icon going and nobody else's just to like that makes sense yeah. that makes sense yeah do you see a rise in hate speech i mean I, I, just a personal anecdote like what do you do i don't personally my uh for you i would see i get i get more of that kind of content yeah personally but I, i'm not going to talk to talk to the rest of for, for the rest of twitter do you see more hate speech personally i would say i would see more hateful content in that, in that <laughs> content you don't like or or hateful what do you mean to describe a hateful thing yeah, I mean, you know, just content that will solicit a, a reaction to something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist, those kinds of those kinds of things. So you think if I, something is slightly sexist, it should be banned? I, no, is I'm, that not, what you're I'm not saying anything. I'm well, saying... I'm just curious. What you're, I'm, no, I'm you're not saying anything, you're right. Content. I'm asking for specific examples. Um, and if, And you just said that if something is slightly sexist, that's hateful content does that mean that it should be bad well you've asked me you've asked me whether my feed whether it's got less or more it, i'd say it's got slightly more that's but, what i'm asking for examples can right you, can you name one example i i honestly don't you honestly you i don't can't name I, a single example i'll tell you why because i don't actually use that for you feed anymore because i i just don't particularly like it and actually a lot of people a lot of people are quite similar i i, I only well, i only look at my, my followers you said you've following. seen more hateful content but you can't name a single example not even one I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks. And I, well, I how did you see that hateful content? I remember hateful content mm. that I saw once. It was pedophilia that came across on Periscope. I remember it to this day. It was terrible. I reported it. We had a whole campaign to get it taken down. You remember stuff like that. It's not a flippant, oh, I don't remember. I don't know. It was just so yeah, many and, right And, and then you remember things. people denying that it doesn't exist or it's not a big problem afterwards. And then you then you remember the the denials of the, of the people who are now running around clutching their pearls because they saw somebody say something they don't agree with. And I agree, but I do agree. The for you tab is a awful, awful day ruining place to be, and it's not. <laughs> it, it, it will ruin your day in thirty seconds. Like, why is this mongrel popping up? on my phone again. And it doesn't even matter if you block them. They still Yeah, I know, because I, I don't want to be, be blocking. I'll say I want to see less of this person, but I guess they tweet so damn much that less just means you'll get two instead of 10. And it, I mean, and, and I, I don't want to see mental illness. I think that there's I think there's a lot of mental illness that is expressed that, that disturbs me, and I would rather just not be around it. I want to have a nice, happy day to the best of my ability. But the For You tab is terrible. I wish that we can... You just give us the option to remove it from our Start our using lists. Start using lists. Uh, I do. Oh, you I do? do? But when you go on, but the first thing you go onto the app, when you go onto the app for the first time for the day, or every time that you actually shut all your apps down, the first thing that hits you is the For You tab. Uh, when like, I, I, I wish that you can at least deprioritize it. When I want to get um, our team's rah-rah, I go to Truth Social because there really is no alternative viewpoints on truth social honestly there's not there's a bunch of fighting between conservatives but at least we get the conservative kind of mindset there so i go there and i'm happy for a little while and then i start seeing like the infighting nonsense and i'm like oh and then i go to twitter and i get to see the left being absolute lunatics and that kind of makes me happy but i know what you're saying with for you let's finish this here wait okay 
Because I've been I've been using it, I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen the for you hateful content. I'm asking for one example. Right, and you I, can't I, give us more. And, 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 and I'm saying, I, I, then I, I say so that you no, don't know no, no, what no, you're no. talking about. Really? Yes, because you can't give me a single example of hateful con content, not even one tweet, and yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well, that's a false. No, what I claimed. Slide. What no no what I claimed was. Uh, there are many uh, organizations that say that that kind of information is on the rise. Now, whether whether it has on my feed or not, <laughs> they I mean, say. I, right, literally you, you can't something one. like the, the uh, Strategic Dialogue uh, Institute in the, in the UK, they will say that. So you, they, Look, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example. You can name one. Right. And as, as I've already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, how let, do you know that? I don't think this is getting anywhere. You literally said you experienced Yeah, well, you started content. it. And then couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I that's absurd. I haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. Then how would you know this hateful content? Because I'm saying because people that's I what trust. I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We have, we only have a certain Please. amount of time. I've dug myself um, a well, I, I've dug myself a grave, very deep, a very deep <laughs> grave. So please, let's move on. I'm not going to be able to get myself out of this one, Elon. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm the, the, the daylight has been snuffed out by the deepness of this grave. <laughs> There's just a couple, a minute or two left. It's, it's worth it. <laughs> you, changed the COVID, you changed the COVID misinformation. Has rules. BBC changed the COVID misinformation? The BBC does not set the rules on Twitter, so I'm asking you. No, I'm talking about the BBC's misinformation about COVID. I'm, I'm literally asking you about, you changed the labels, the COVID misinformation labels. There used to be a policy, it then it then disappeared. Why, why do that? Look, COVID is no longer an issue. Does the BBC uh, hold itself at all responsible for misinformation re regarding masking and, and side effects of vaccinations and not reporting on that at all? And what about the fact that the BBC was put under pressure by the British government? to change the editorial policy. Are you aware of that? This is, a, a, this is not an interview about the BBC. Oh, so. you thought it was? Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I see now why you've done Twitter Spaces. I am not a representative of the BBC's editorial policy. I want to make that clear. Let's talk about something else. You want to talk about the BBC? All right, let's What talk, else do you want to talk about? about what, what else does he want to talk about? He keeps the, the, changing the, the topic because he keeps getting screwed over and over and over again. When he, when he, was, <laughs> when he was writing this, when he was writing his notes out, he was probably like, this is going to be very provocative, very great. This is going to be great. Oh, all these questions are so great. And he's like, oh, you know, he probably has no confidence in the rest of the questions he has lined up. And he uh, he probably just wants to go home, which he didn't do any of this stuff. That That's all oh. that's all there is. The next question isn't isn't recorded. But that I mean, if everybody could just attack these idiots this way and have it like I love this, the double the double transparency. Right. So he's broadcasting his interview with this guy on a Twitter space, so the guy can't go back and say, well, Elon said blah, 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 blah. Beautiful, masterful takedown. And the only reason that Elon knows about vaccine injury and mask issues is because he bought Twitter and removed the COVID policy. Well, there is also the fact that this is a very rare occurrence in, in the way that people don't usually get these opportunities to talk to they, the BBC and organizations like it do not seek anybody out uh, for the purpose of these kinds of 
conversations uh and we certainly don't get a live view i mean whenever donald trump sat down with leslie stall or something like that we would have the full the uh what's it called the, the 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 full recordings we can see how deceptive it all is we know that these people are nightmarish in their approaches to things but this is just very rare because we don't get opportunities to to converse like this in public ways and uh, and it just shows how vulnerable they are even when they're on the attack it's it's it was just beautiful yeah it yeah was- but yeah soak it up because yeah. the bbc ain't doing that again no They'll never agree to something like that again. Um, That's it today. We'll pick it back up on Friday. Everybody remember to like this, share it out with your friends. Um, You have been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with... Frankie Val on the drums and... Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Also, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, streaming live on Rumble, Getter, and also on Elon's Twitter. And don't forget to check out Frank's show Monday through Friday at 7 p.m., quitefrankly.tv, and also over on Rumble. You can go on over there. Um, We'll be back here on Friday. Later. 